0: Good morning hey glad to be with you this morning if you're watching us at West Campus we are so glad you're with us so stay tuned and if you're online you're watching us as well hey we're glad that you're part of this um, if you're a first-time guest uh, anywhere uh, we hey listen we are so glad that we want to bless you as a church I hope you've already gotten a hospitality of warm welcome and so uh, we're excited about that now for some of you um, looking today you probably maybe don't recognize who I am uh, I, they did say my name already but I'll say it again I'm Mark Island. I'm the middle school pastor. Um, I have, uh, me and my family have been attending here for just shy of 20 years. And um, I've also been working on staff as a middle school pastor just um, for the same length of time. And so that's pretty cool. Um, hey, you may not know me. So some of you that don't know me wouldn't know these, these facts about me, but two facts that are important. One is that I, I drink chocolate milk almost every day. Unless my kids hold hostage the milk and, and drink it all up, or there's Hershey's syrup that is missing and the combination doesn't work, I, I probably won't do it those days. And I did forget it today. Someone asked me that earlier. The hot chocolate or the, the milk chocolate didn't happen, but it will happen later today. It's, it's, a, it's a ritual that's necessary about it. The other thing you wouldn't know about me is that um, I, am, I have every edition of Uncle John's Bathroom Reader now, maybe that's not exciting to you, but it's like these snippets of crazy information that you can kind of stir conversation everywhere you go, and it's, it's beautiful. And so I just wanted you to be aware of that about me. Now, my, ta- my wife and I, Tammy, her name is Tammy, um, we um, uh, work with uh, an audience of students that burp all the time, pass gas, and giggle. And, and I just want you to know, like, people go, why do you and Tammy work with such a difficult age group? And you know what? I got to tell them the same thing that I say every time. Listen, God has wired us. God has equipped us to, to like be around middle school students. And so like, we love it. And, and I gotta say that we have, as a partnership, we have been taking um, young students and we've been, we've been taking them from children and helping them transition through this, you know, the adolescent stage to get into being young men and women who love Jesus. And I gotta say, like, it's, it's rewarding, and so it's a call-in, so we do that. <laughs> so I've introduced me, and my wife is, is Tammy. I also have four, we, we have four children. Um, this is our brood here. We love Star Wars. And so we have two, um, two boys and two girls. Our oldest is a graduating senior at Harrison. Um, our our uh, next son, he is a freshman at... Um, Evansville Christian High School. And then we have two daughters, a fifth grader and a first grader, and they're at uh, Evansville Christian School. And so those are the, the things you should know. Now, I wanna tell you um, about an episode that I had at, um, at the Cracker Barrel. It was a big deal. So like we were going to the Cracker Barrel and my youngest daughter, you're going to see here in a second. So this is my youngest daughter. Um, we, while we were at the Cracker Barrel, we, um, we, we were there with our family. So I was there with not only my family, but I was also there with my in-laws. And um, my daughter, Ziva, wanted to demonstrate her newly found interest in prayer. And so we, we had ordered the food and then we waited for it. And then it came. And right as it had come, we, we were supposed to pray. And uh, my, my daughter kind of leads the way and she's and we start praying and she's like, no, no, no. And so we, we started over and over and o- like, we did this six or seven times. It got to the point where we were getting kind of loud and people around us were like noticing the, the commotion and kind of tuned in. But I, we, I was like, like, let's calm down. And so my daughter here um, is just exasperated by us, like doing it wrong. And finally she's in full voice. She's like, stop, you're not doing it right. And all of a sudden she says, hands up high. Hands down low. Now we fold our hands like so. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. And all of a sudden there was like this thunderous applause by everybody who had tuned in. So today, hey, listen, we want to bring you the topic of prayer. It's important for you to be a part of. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that you need to hear. One of the greatest resources that you and I possess as a church, it is prayer. Prayer. And it's one of the the resources that sometimes we forget that we need to use. Today, I wanna pass along two ideas from the word of God, from uh, Matthew chapter six, that's where we're gonna go. And I I wanna give you two great ideas that you need to hear. The first one is this, I wanna talk about prayers that God does not answer. And then I wanna turn your attention from that to the second part, prayers that God will answer. Listen, we, we need your encouragement here. And I want to tell you that if you're here in the audience, we've got a prayer card at the end of your pew and you can basically pick that up and take one now. In a little bit, I'll refer to it. And if you're at West Campus, you, you had one on each of your seats. If you're online, we've actually put it online so you'll be able to enjoy it there. But this is a great reference that you'll need and you should take this home with you. Please do. So now let's open our Bibles and get into or dig into one of the other great resources that God has given his people, and that is the written word. So if you've got a pew Bible, um, you can get one of those. You maybe go old school on me and have your own Bible, which is awesome. And if you wanna do your um, Bible app, or we're even going to let you electronically see it digitally on the stage. So let's open up to that. Jesus was talking um, this famous sermon, which was called the Sermon on the Mount. And he was telling an audience of people. And so I wanna give you a little background while you're fishing to chapter six of Matthew, uh, cause we're gonna read it in verse five. But, The Bible tells us that Jesus went up on a mountainside and he saw a crowd. That's why he went there. So he went up on a mountainside to see a crowd. And um, he clearly wanted to, to take an opportunity to teach the audience that had come along. And so he's up on the mountain with this crowd. And then his disciples, the scripture says, join in in this little episode where Jesus is going to teach this incredibly good message Now, I suppose Jesus was motivated to um, tell his audience, like, hey, listen, I want to tell you up in heaven, we have this thing that goes on and I want to bring down from heaven what is going on already up there so that you can be blessed and, and hear this and live a little bit like heaven does. And so he's talking to this audience with that and he was motivated to tell them these truths. But listen, the problem though was, there was theologians and Bible scholars who were, um, you know, cl- as, had the closest access to God because they had the Torah, they had the law. And so basically that's the Old Testament. They had that available to read that. In, and apparently they were teaching people in a way that was literally turning people away from God. And so Jesus comes over, and he brings this crowd, and he wants to teach them, but he's also wanting to warn them. He's warning them about prayer, and he's saying, listen, I want you to be sure that you are, do not be insincere. I'm warning you about phoniness. I'm warning you about duplicity. I'm warning you about empty words. And so if you haven't got your Bibles already ready to start reading, we're going to start that now. Matthew chapter 6 starting in verse five. Here we go. It says, and when you pray in the church, when you are praying, don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do, you, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need um, before you ask him. Which brings us to the first idea that I want us to hear and, and understand today. Prayers that God does not answer. So there was this um, college student, and he was... He was uh, f- totally asleep, like 100%, 100% asleep in um, uh, this, this professor's uh, classroom as he was given the lecture. And his friend, I don't know if this is much of a friend, but his friend like jabs him and kind of yanks him and he, he gives this really serious look on his face and he goes, hey, hey, the professor just asked you to pray. And so this guy is like totally asleep. And he, he jumps up in the middle of the professor teaching and, and, and says this, this prayer, has no idea that he, the professor never said that. And he just set, rattles off this prayer and then finishes and then sits back down. <laughs> the professor looks at him oddly and goes, uh, okay, thank you. And, and then it's never flustered and just goes right back into his message or to his lesson. You know, if you've ever prayed prayers where you're on autopilot, where there is zero sincerity, you know, like maybe you, you, you do that when you, you know, have your breakfast prayer or your lunch prayer or your evening prayer, or maybe before you go to bed, or if you're not praying at all, then, then maybe you don't get into that. But here's the thing. Jesus is, is warning the crowd, I, I've got two, two ways I do not want you to pray. And the first one goes like this, don't, be, don't pray like a hypocrite. See, the word hypocrite comes from back in the days in the ancient Greek theater, when an actor would pick up a mask and put it on, and then he, it would indicate what, what character he was playing. And then he would put that down and put on another mask, and he would put that on and play out a character. And then he would do that, and here's what's happening. When he puts that on, he's pretending to be something he is not. So, so the actor was being a hypocrite, And that's where the word came from. And so so Jesus here is, is warning his audience when they pray and when you pray, modern praying, don't be fake. Don't play pretend with God. I mean, audience, listen, do you think God doesn't know everything about us and about you? He knows everything you do. He knows everything you say. He knows everything you think. And so he's saying, when you come into my presence, Don't you dare come and try to talk to me and pretend that you want to get close to me and do it for show so that others go, "Hmm, that's pretty cool. See, God is saying, no, our motive to seek God ought to be about a sincere connection with God, not to make everyone think that your spiritual act is together. I want to be straightforward with you. If you think that your act is together, you are a liar because I do not have my act together. And so our God is saying, don't come to me acting like you've got it together because you do not. That is not the purpose of us praying. God cares a lot more about your heart than he cares about your performance I'll repeat this, especially if you can't hear it in the very back. God cares a lot more about your heart than he cares about your performance. It is not a show for others to be wow and oohed by what you say. So the praying is between you and God only. It just so happens that others might be able to hear you. So so the solution that he's giving here, he says, hey, listen, man, go pray in private so that there is no witness of anybody seeing duplicity in you so that you can show off. Now, I want to be clear in case some of you are getting the wrong impression here. Jesus is not saying that if somebody hears your prayer, that's wrong. It's not what he's saying. He's also not saying that like if somebody hears what you're praying and they are impressed because you are just giving your heart to God or you have this way to articulate your heart. He's not saying that if someone's impressed with that, that that's wrong. He's exclusively saying your motive for talking to me ought to be about talking to me with sincerity and not about what other people's do to feel impressed by what you say. And so that's what he's telling us here. So the first way is don't pray like a hypocrite. And the second way he's telling his audience, this is Jesus talking, not me, but he's saying, hey, look, don't pray like a babbling, uh, I was gonna say moron. <laughs> Oops, I said that, I caught myself twice. He does not want you to pray like a babbling Pagan. Okay, Phew, I almost said it again. See, babbling pagan is probably a bad translation. It really ought to be more like vain repetition. Do not pray in vain repetition like a pagan. See, there was this, this belief that in the ancient religious world that if you, you could appease the gods, if for some reason you got the right magical combination of words set in, in, in the right way, and then you just repeated it, over and over and over and over again. And so the, the word babble means you know, to, to say meaningless phrases. It's kind of like you know, doing, an, uh, when I was a kid, I did this Indian rain dance and I would say this like phrase and then I would repeat over and over, like kind of expecting some type of results out of it. Our God does not think that's good. But here's the thing, I guess I wanna be honest with you. It's not an ancient problem about being repetitious with meaninglessness. I mean, honestly, do you not agree with me? Like there are times that our prayers are God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Oh, you didn't do it right. Say it one more time. In the right, Isn't our praying sometimes just like that? I mean, sometimes we get on this autopilot mindset and our words just have empty repetition. I mean, I was trying to liken this to an idea of what it would look like, but what if I talked to, my wife, like I talk to God, what do you think that would look like? And I tried to think through that. Like, what if my wife went to the store and she said, um, hey, if there's anything you want, just go ahead and, you know, ask and I'll get it. You know, as she's walking out and I go, oh, honey, there is something I want. Um, uh, Yeah. I just, I just want to say thank you, Tammy Silen or Tammy wife. I wanna say thank you for going to the store for us. I just, um, I, I wanna thank you for just taking the time to take care of our needs, you know, wife babe. So while you're there, wife babe, I just, uh, you know, if, if you could just, you know, pick up some milk, wife Tammy, um, you know, that would be really great. And I would really appre- appreciate it that when you go, like you would go straight to the milk aisle, you know, Tammy wife, and you would, you would put the milk in your so capable cart, wife Tammy, At some point, don't you think my wife would go, dude, I don't know what you're on, but you need counseling? Crossroads provides that at their counseling center and I think it's time to go. But you know, really, when you think about it, are not our words sometimes the same meaninglessness that we just just babble on with? We get into prayer mode is kind of another thing that's just like this. And listen, I'm not saying that that's what you do. I'm saying Mark Silen does this too. But we get into this prayer mode, it's kinda like we've got these code words that we use to start and end our praying. Everyone will do this, watch, Uh, dear Heavenly Father. And all of a sudden, what do we do? We immediately put our heads down, we close our eyes, put our hands in some little position, because that's prayer mode, right? And at the end, we're waiting for the other code word, the the amen word, and some people will just kinda sit there like, oh, I don't think an amen happened yet. Did you hear the amen? Did you, did you? Okay, we're still, because you know why? Because it's prayer mode. We get into this, this, this pattern of doing that. So when, when our prayers are empty, when they're insincere, okay, when, they, when they have meaningless repetition in them, you know what, what God says? I am not answering that prayer. No, we don't want to, Jesus is warning us not to pray like a hypocrite with bad motives, He's saying, don't pray like a babbling pagan with repetition that's meaningless. He's, God, is, God is a God who loves us so much. He's proven it. He's told us and revealed it in one of the greatest resources you have, which is God's word. And I'm telling you folks, he wants to hear from us from our heart and not in the way he just warned us not to. Which brings us to the next piece prayers that God will answer I mean like don't you want some encouragement don't you want to know what God actually will answer I certainly want that encouragement now there was this uh, preacher he was incredible he's in the late 1800s his name was uh, Dwight Moody Dwight Moody was a fantastic prolific preacher I've read some of his sermons they're powerful and he, he said a quote that I, that I wanted to make sure we heard. He said, I'd rather pray than be a great preacher. And he was a great preacher. I would rather pray than be a great preacher. He says, because Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only to pray. Isn't that interesting? Never taught them anything about preaching, but how to be a prayer warrior. Let's be clear about what prayer is. Prayer is our act of worship to God. It is us sincerely connecting to God and being able to talk to Him like we're talking face to face. That's part of God's prayer or our prayer when we pray. But the second part, which is the more critical part, is this prayer is a moment when you align your heart with what is important to God when you talk to him. It is you making sure that you're aligning it to say, God, what you think is important is important first. You know, it's us seeking what God wants because when we do that, God wants to give us what we want. And he promises that's true. In, in Matthew 6, later on in the sermons, he says in verse 33, he says, but seek first his kingdom. What is he saying right there? Seek first my kingdom is like, hey, you need to be intentional about what I want, what's important to me. Seek first my kingdom. And then he says, and my righteousness, which is not righteousness based on what we think is right and wrong, especially culturally. He's saying, what is right, what is my spoken word I've already given you. That, my friends, is what you do first. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then the last part says, and all these things will be added to you as well. He's saying, Do what I want, and I will give you what you want. Gang, that is pretty encouraging for me. Um, I, you know, when you pray, wouldn't you love to have the outcome that I once uh, heard about from Dallas Theological Seminary? So, so uh, when the seminary was in its earlier days, getting formed, there was a problem. They had a $10,000 deficit and they weren't sure how they were gonna get things done. And they were really concerned. And so one of the professors had gotten a large audience of people to gather together. And here's what he prayed. He said, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Please sell some of that cattle so that our needs can get met. And directly after that, he had a letter that he opened and it was on that same day that he had prayed, he opened it up and there was a $10,000 check that was sent, not that day, it was sent three days earlier, unknown to the guy who wrote the check, the check got sent and it was sitting on the guy's desk and here's what the tagline said on it. It said, money came from the sale of my cattle. Do you want God to be involved in your prayer life like that? Listen, I'm not exaggerating when I say our God wants you to have an ability to see him activate your love and your faith and you're your talking to him in a way that is exactly like that. Our God wants that from us. See, Jesus wanted his, the crowd and he wanted his disciples to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, earlier service, I said taste and see the Lord is delicious, but you can translate either way you want because our God is so good that it tastes delicious when you see the, the, the moment when God listens to your heart and he gives you exactly what you prayed for. So he says to his audience, and so we need to continue on and we're gonna look at um, what Jesus actually told his audience and you are familiar with it, so I'm gonna help you help me by uh, reciting it. Now, I, I'll say the first sentence. This then is how you should pray, but would you join me in starting with the our father part and we're gonna get down to the, well, to the end of the prayer at least, and and we'll go from there. So help me out here. This then is how you should pray. Okay, ready, here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You can stop there, I'll finish. If you forgive others other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Folks, right now, we have one of the coolest tools that I, have, that I want you to have in your hands, and it is this, this prayer guide. So if you don't have it in your hands, grab it and get it in your hands. It's okay if you're not looking up here to look at the card. But listen, a, a very faithful middle school youth leader named Mike Brown was as frustrated as can be about seeing that when kids came to a small group, they didn't know how to pray. We're talking church going students who did not know how to pray. And he was super frustrated. And so he started to look at the Lord's Prayer and he noticed a pattern that he thought could easily be identifiable that everyone in, the, in his group would be able to understand. And he said, NASCAR could help my kids learn to pray. And it's exactly like when you do NASCAR, you're going really fast around the tracks And I just wanna help guide you in a way that not just to pray for an event, but to start being a church that prays to use one of the greatest resources that you have. I want us to begin to do this together. So here I go, I'm gonna lead you in this. This is exactly how we teach middle school students. And let me preface one more thing. If a middle school kid who does not know a lick about praying can start getting excited about prayer the minute they practice this one time, you are, there is no excuse in this audience for any of you to say, I don't know how to pray because you have the evidence right here that you can do the very same thing that middle school students are now doing in our ministry because Mike Brown said, I don't want one more day to go without our church being a church that does not pray. So here we go. And hey, you can amen that one. It's worth amening. So the letter N, let's go the first lap. The first lap is the letter N. It stands for the names of God. And it's in the prayer, it says, our father in heaven. So it's, it's, you know, the start of your prayer should be all about focusing first on God. One of the things that I know that when you recognize before whom you speak and you say one of the names of God, you know what happens? Is sometimes you get an awareness of how awesome God really is in the fact of what you know about him by his name. And so first lap is just one word saying one of God's names. You might say like Lord of Lords, that's three. Okay, that screwed that up. But um, it might be Jehovah. It might be creator, shepherd. Reigns forever. That's two words. But look, first lap, it's simple, it's just one little thing. Then we go to lap two. Lap two is the letter A. It's about acknowledging attributes of God. I mean, God has a plenty of those. You know, it's like um, the, the verse says, hallowed be your name. That word hallowed means holy, to set apart. And so in this part, you're just describing things that God is. You know, God, you are love. God, you are holy. God, you are omniscient. You know everything. God, you are pure. God, you are my defender. God, you are my shepherd. You are, I could keep going, folks. Listen, the second lap is only one little sentence. Any one of those little sentences. So lap one is names of God. Lap two is acknowledging an attribute of God. And then we go to lap three, which is the letter S. Stands for supplication. It's a fancy word for asking God for stuff. And the scripture verse says, give us today our daily bread. When you pray, God does not want you to miss asking for things that you need help in. Maybe you need help in like not strangling your your spouse because you just can't get along right now. Maybe you need prayer uh, for how to talk because you have a boss that is just, Someone you don't want to be around. Maybe you have a, a client or an employee that you just need a little bit of help. And so you just ask like, God, right now, man, I'm, I need patience because I've lost it all. I don't, I don't know how to work with my kids. They're just driving me nuts. I don't know how to, how to drive well in, uh, on the road. I just get angry. That was my own confession. I apologize. That's the next one. I'm sorry. We're, we're way ahead. Um, so it's your asking God. Maybe you're asking God for wisdom to apply the message that you hear right now to start obeying it. God, help me. So that's your, that's your S letter, your third lap. Your fourth lap is the one that, that nobody likes to drive on this lap. They hate this lap. It's called C is for confession. This is a part where the, the church would do itself an incredible favor if it started to practice the confession part. It's where you say, God, I have screwed up. God, I, I have done something wrong and it's wrong in your eyes and I need to come to you and acknowledge. Now, you know that God already knows what you did. He saw you doing it when you did it. You know, that lie or, or, or saying that raunchy joke or whatever it was that you do or did. God sees what we do in private. Don't think that, that it's something that you can hide. So it's just time to acknowledge it and confess it. And that's lap four, to confess. The fifth lap. The letter A stands for action. This is where you want to be on mission with God. This is that part where I told you in your prayer should be in alignment with what what is important to God. This is that moment when you say, God, I want to start thinking about what's important to you. Lord, you say that people that are far away from you, that are lost... Lord, you say that I should be a voice to speak on your behalf as though I'm, uh, you're using me to make the plea to bring somebody far away from you back into your presence. God, help me today to obey that instead of just keep silent and have a good modeled reputation. Help me now to be a voice to speak the truth into people that I'm around. This is the action part where you're aligning yourself with what's important to God. Lord, help me walk by your Spirit instead of what I usually walk with, anger and and with attitude and with fear. God, today, help me do differently that I can align myself with you. Those are the first five laps you do. And then there's the sixth lap. It's called, it's the letter R, and it stands for response. In this moment, you're just basically being still before God so you can allow the Holy Spirit to sort of marinate what he's been doing in you while you were praying. And when you do that, listen, folks, God sometimes has a moment when we are still and quiet. So it's like a minute, 30 seconds to a minute of just being completely hush, quiet. David wrote Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. And he was recognizing a moment that he needed to hear the still voice of the Holy Spirit speak to him. Gang, Earlier this year, I went on a mission trip and we, we went um, uh, to North Africa. Uh, it was a crossroads team of us that gathered together. And we started praying a few months before. And what we were praying is simply this, Lord, we want you to work in, in us, to work in people that we're gonna meet overseas. Please, Lord, show up and do something powerful. Um, God, we want your presence to be there. And so while, while we began praying that, we get over to, to this place, into a land we don't speak, into a culture we don't know, into people that we have never met. I can't speak their language. And we started praying, God, is, is there someone in this country that you want us to work and, and be around? And you know what happened? We actually met an unreached, unengaged people group of people that invited us specifically into our homes. One of the workers on the field told me, this has never happened in all the times we've been praying that we would have an open door to be invited. We are foreigners in a place that they don't know us. We don't speak their language. We can't say a word to them, but they invited us into the home because we were praying to demonstrate that God loves this people like he loves us. Man, the power of God worked completely in that moment. Listen, I, I wanna say something before I get off this stage. If you tell me that you are excited about what you heard today and you say, good job, that is a pure insult if the only thing you do is care about the, the guy who said, you know, I'm a messenger, but our God does not want our church to not set the, the one of the greatest resources on the table and not use it. And I'm not talking just about the word of God, I'm talking about prayer. Our God wants you to be a a group that prays. To go and be is not about thinking and listening. It's about a go and be church to obey our God. He wants you to be praying. And you know one way you can do it? We've already been trying to give you this tool, the campaign, Leave Your Light On for Halloween. Gang, there is a group of people that you're gonna encounter if you are present in your own neighborhood where you personally could bring your practice of praying in advance into a moment where God brings somebody to you that is far from him or that just is wounded and you praying in advance using this prayer guide could cause that person to hear God and come back into fellowship with him. And it would happen because of you. Listen, this is a prayer tool that you can use and I want you to understand that today God is asking you to be the church that prays. Now, before you go, I don't want you to, oh, I do want to preface that if God does something powerful with you, hey, listen, we want you to come and share it with us and you can go to cccgo.com slash share and tell us all about what God has done because you started praying. Oh man, you guys, to, to finish this off, we want to pray together. And I'm just going to show you how simple this prayer guide can be for you. We're gonna just pray this prayer. You don't need to close your eyes. You don't need to bow your head. I just want you to pay attention that this is how simple it is to pray. Lap one, Father, Lord, Savior, Creator, Shepherd. That's lap one. Lap two, you are forgiving, you are omniscient. You are all-powerful. You are generous. You are loving. Lap two. Lap three. Lord, give me today what I need to be obedient, to being prayerful, and to start praying. Lap four. Lord, this week, you know personally what I did. Had a fight with my wife. And you know, God, that I went to bed angry instead of resolve that with her. And you know that that wasn't good and I wanna ask your forgiveness. Lap five. Lord, show me how to be in alignment with the things that matter to you. God, today, help me to find somebody that is, that is, that is nest, needing that moment to connect with you. God, help me to be that person. Don't let somebody else steal the joy that I can have, God, to be able to obey you today and see the fruit of answered prayer. That was lap five. And lap six is this. I want you to be still for a minute. You're gonna have 20 to 30 seconds You're just going to be still. And maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart to say it is time to not know about prayer, but to go and be a church that is praying. It's one of your greatest resources, folks. And God is wanting you to be still right now and to hear that. So be still.